just finished TSP 11 with my good friend Meg Conger. She is a beast crossfitter. She is at school currently to be a sports psychologist. And we just chatted, chatted, chatted. She is one of the smiliest people I know. Whenever I see her, I literally just can't not, not smile. So awesome talk. Little, little dis- disclosure. We did have some technical difficulties, uh, but we got it all sorted out. So uh, just keep that in mind. But awesome talk nonetheless. We talk about uh, injuries. We talk about performance anxiety. We talk about kind of being intentional in everything you do and kind of uh, all of your personal, professional, academic endeavors, kind of a mindset to go, to go along with you doing those things. And we also talk about, we finish up, kind of the value of sports psychology and kind of where the field has progressed of recent and also kind of a different way to think about it and kind of apply it going forward. So uh, actually, of course, you know, four podcasts and nothing goes wrong or this is the fourth and now it, it dropped our call twice. So stick with us. Awesome talk. I hope you get a lot, a lot out of it. Let's get it going. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here attempting to capture in audio form lessons and experiences about everything within sports performance and professional development. I'm your host, Matt Tometz. On my podcast, I try to get at the why and the how instead of specifically the what by trying to show what makes people's unique lenses in which they see the world of sports performance and professional development their own lens. If I can get you to view and think about your job, life, problems a little differently than I've done my job. I make the content, you consume it, so I can only improve it with your feedback. If you have any suggestions for future shows, questions, or comments, please feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at CoachBigToe. That's Coach B-I-G-T-O-E. I'm excited to share this episode with you because we can all get better together. Here I am with my good friend, Meg Conger. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Always good when I'm, when I'm conversing with you. I got a smile on my face right now. Quick, uh, quick little side note about how we met. I'll, uh, I'll tell the listeners. So awesome. I came to Texas starting my master's and Meg is a beast. You know, I see her working out <laughs> and then she was working in the weight room after and I asked her to help me with my snatch because, like, I just got into Olympic weightlifting. And she was so kind, helped me with my snatch. And uh, best friends to this day. This so is thank you for that. True. Yes, thank you. So, so yeah, I guess we'll, we'll kind of get right into it. So uh, if you could share kind of a little bit of background about your situation um, and kind of what makes you, you. Okay, awesome. There's so much that makes me me however i can go with my current situation um i moved to fort worth two years ago this will be my third year at tcu and i moved here to pursue a degree in sports psychology and to begin my crossfit journey my crossfit journey began began last year and i competed in my first competition in may however i've been struggling with an injury and a herniated disc since Ooh. march 
So, yeah. So overcoming a lot of adversity with this injury, and I have before with a lacerated Achilles. Um, But yeah, so definitely like learning so much through this injury. So that's kind of where I am right now. Gotcha. Um, And then kind of what brought you to tech. So your first school, because you're just a stud athlete. So (laughs) if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, so I competed collegiately for junior out of college in Pennsylvania. I played volleyball there for one year. And then during our off season, I actually lacerated my Achilles on a door. So it just cut right through it. Um, Lacerated 50%. So in my mind, that was God kind of kicking me out of the door. He was like, this is not for you. Like you need to go pursue like what I'm calling you to, which is CrossFit. Um, And I knew that for years, but I decided, no, I'm going to stick with volleyball. So when that happened, I decided to look around for schools and found that TCU was the perfect fit. I also found my coach, Candace Savage-Wagner, who is in Fort Worth and competed at the CrossFit Games as well. So I thought, what more perfect place than TCU itself? Yeah. Tell me about your uh, CrossFit competition. Oh, goodness. So it was a team competition, which I didn't really expect to do. We just threw a team together with two, well, actually three of them are coaches. There's a te- there's teams of four, two girls, two boys on each team. Joe and Austin are amazing. Austin's actually pursuing his master's at TCU as well. And Joe was in the Marines and is older in his 30s. Devin is also older in her 30s, and she's competed at the regional level on a team as well. And she's a PT, so like she's just a stud athlete like all around. She uh, ran track for tech. Like, just mind-blowing athlete. So competing with those studs for my first time competing was crazy. It was awesome because I've also, I'm the baby of my family and also my extended family. So I've always been used to, like, playing catch-up and just having to be stronger because everybody else around me is physically stronger or, like, older, wiser, more mature. So I think that really helped me in this experience in particular. before when I played volleyball, I would have so much performance anxiety. Like I would get freak, literally freak out before every game or every match or whatever. And before this whole, it's called the fitness experience before this event. Um, it's all I think about every day. Like even when it was like the end of semester and we would have to like grind out for school, I wouldn't even think about it. Like I would just be thinking about this competition. And when we got there, it was just like, lights out like fire was on lights were out like everything was amazing and although we went from like i think it was 24th place to fourth for the amateur division which is so much fun it was so cool we had no expectations like we knew who we were and like we didn't really care like everybody else kind of goes out there like balling out or whatever and we just had fun with it and like even though people said like oh you guys are so serious we all are like the most serious athletes I've ever seen. Like we'll laugh and whatnot, but we are so serious about competing in what we do. So all in all, gotcha. the like, the night I was sleeping there, um, after everything was said and done and like we got third in the finals, which was the top 10 teams. And that was so cool. I was just laying there like replaying every little thing in my mind. And I've never been so happy and like, and knowing that this is what I want to pursue. So that, that's that was awesome. awesome. Happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just recovering now. I, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I bet. Um, 
I like yeah. the fire on lights out comment you had. Yeah. Um. So, though, if this isn't like a little bit too personal, but your comment on kind of like your performance anxiety, so it sounds like you're able to kind of channel that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so man, what's super cool I is miss, that. Huh? Go for it. Sorry. No. Continue. Continue. No, no, no. What you? What were you gonna say? Okay. No, you go first. <laughs> okay. So that's one thing I definitely miss about being a NARP now, you know, not at the regular person is like yeah, yeah, yeah. that opportunity just like to compete. And I actually just kicked my roommate's butt in ping pong, but hopefully he doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> but um, just like just a game day and just having that experience was just like something you you literally can't replicate for sure. Yeah, you really can't. So, so I guess we'll kind of you know, see where this topic takes us, but how do you, cause performance anxiety is obviously, you know, very real. And I mm-hmm. feel like it kind of has somewhat of a neg- negative connotation, but you know, you're only nervous if you care. And if you know yourself exactly. on a, on a person, or if you ask yourself those questions and you want to learn about yourself and you're self-aware, you can channel it obviously um, into very, a very productive manner. So um kind of just you know putting you on the spot but do you kind of remember your journey of like when you were young athlete starting out maybe it was kind of a bad thing and then kind of how you turn it into a good thing does that make sense yes so it's funny my mom so my brother is a professional swimmer and I was a swimmer when I was little too and I would cry at swim meets during so there's like summer swimming there's winter swimming and winter swimming is the more intense and I would cry every meet just because there were so many people So with that started, I think, not only like social crowd anxiety, but also competition anxiety. Like, I think they just grew together, unfortunately, but also fortunately, now it's something that I just have to overcome and have overcome by coming to TCU because I was alone. I didn't know anyone. So I had to get over that social anxiety factor for, but for volleyball, um, I always thought I wanted to be a PT or an athletic trainer. I thought I wanted to work with professional athletes and treat their bodies because I was always injured. Then when I started going through just life in general and, you know, gets you down a lot. <laughs> um, uh, I read a sports psych book. I can't remember who it's by. Um, and I can't. It's called Mind Gym. And any athlete competing needs to read that book. Yeah, Mind Gym. And it's very straightforward and it's a complete sports psych book and it's how to just reach that next level and like what you need to do in order to be a better athlete mentally. So I started reading that and I became so amazed and like obsessed with what was going on. And then I realized that's when sports are mostly in your head. And so I was like, I can make like, I can do this as a career. Um, and I was before the competition in May for CrossFit, honestly, I was super scared because I was like, what if I get nervous again? Like, what if I get super anxious? And like, I don't know, like in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, like what if I can't perform? But sports, because CrossFit is a sport, don't get me wrong, but it's different for me in the aspect of I'm just moving instead of, and like I control almost everything. But in volleyball, it's so uncontrolled. You have no idea what's going to happen. You have to react so quickly to everything. Um, Like little mistakes happen literally every play. 
So learning how to get over that was super helpful. But just knowing in my head when I went to this CrossFit competition, I just told myself, I was like, you literally do harder things every day. Like you put your body through so much and you can do it every day. Like whether you haven't slept, whether you haven't eaten, like you can move and you can move well. So I just had to keep telling myself that. And honestly, when I walked out onto the floor, I thought I was going to be so scared, but I just walked out and like, I focused on my teammates and what we were doing. And I didn't look at anybody. I didn't look at anybody else's lane. That's what I learned from swimming. You never look in somebody else's lane. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So I think after the competition, I reflected back and I was like, whoa, like I actually wasn't that anxious. Like, yeah, I was super, super anxious leading up to it. But like when it's when it comes down to it, you use that energy for the good. And I think that's where a lot of people get it as a negative connotation because nobody wants to admit that they're anxious before they go out onto the floor. But what you find if you actually ask professional athletes like, hell yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Heck yeah. They get good. super nervous and they get super anxious, even if it's for the little things like my brother gets nervous when it's in the waiting room. Some people probably get nervous on the blocks or like if they're a baseball player, like right when they step up to bat, it's different yeah. for everyone and using it as fire and fuel and like know what well, you said, like, you know that you care and just knowing that you can do it and having that confidence that you can, the confidence, like you just need to know that you can do your best right now. So. Yeah. And yeah. And that's where, especially if, you know, if you're coaching a younger athlete, I would be more concerned if they don't feel anything, you know, mm -hmm. because sure. they, they care so much about, you know, performing well for themselves and their teammates and their parents and everything. And, and it comes like with, with time, obviously, but you have to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to get nervous, but what am I going to do about it? Or how am I going to prepare? Or like, do I have to visualize or what? Um, and kind of my own story. So so when I pitched in high school, I was a starting pitcher. So I knew what day I was going to pitch. My one job was to pitch that day, everything I got. And then I had like a week off or whatever. Mm -hmm. And on that day, literally, as soon as I got dressed in the locker room, headphones on, don't talk to me. I literally, I would talk to my catcher and I would talk to my coach. And I literally would not talk to anyone else the whole day. I literally, I made a playlist. But on top of that, I ordered the playlist of like increasing in intensity of songs. Mm -hmm. And I had it, it was 45 minutes long. I had it timed down. Like literally I knew when I put my headphones in, but as I got to college and I was a, uh, a bullpen pitcher. So I was available to pitch every game, but every game didn't require me. And I would pitch towards the end of the game. I couldn't be locked in for two hours at a time and then potentially not even mm -hmm. use it. So that's where I developed Yes, I would get nervous, but I had to keep myself relaxed throughout, you know, as the game went on and, and it was a closer game and I knew that, that it was maybe going to be me or they had a big lefty hitter because I was a lefty specialist and also a setup guy that, okay, it's probably going to be me. Like when is coach going to, you know, tell me to go warm up. And I knew that I had to keep myself talk. Like literally I went from not talking to anyone to I had people talk to me to keep me relaxed. Yeah. And, and that just comes, you know, with whether it's CrossFit as an individual or a team, like I'm sure that's two, you know, very similar, but also super different, you know, and, 
yeah not only the actual sport and your role in the game but also kind of as you um as you progress as an athlete chronologically but that just that just came with my freshman year i was super locked in all the time and there would be a weekend where maybe i wouldn't pitch at all and i spent the whole weekend just sitting in the dugout just like staring and waiting you know being yeah. being a good teammate but then it's like that's not fun you know i'm here to have fun and like i know that i have the ability to relax and then when it's my time to go i know that i can i can flip a switch and that just comes with For time sure. some people don't have yeah some people it's don't have skill. that ability yeah. so oh and it comes i love oh man you must have read my mind i've said multiple times on this podcast that it's it's a skill like whether it's being a podcast host whether it's practicing uh something a little more technical about your own coaching not necessarily like a cue or a drill but how you deliver mm -hmm. something like like people definitely don't give enough credit to things being skills and having to put in the time to to do it you know and i completely agree not to you know beat this point up but yeah like i i had this one tweet where it was like if you am if you tell yourself you're going to embrace the suck, you know, how much you suck at something and you get 0.1% better or 1% better, give yourself a month, two months, three months, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but like <laughs> there's this, uh, there's this meme where it's like this whole habit I have of not doing anything unless I'm immediately good at it is like sabotaging my life, you know? And I just laughed so hard when I read that because, you know, I'm sure everyone, they try something out and they're like kind of bad at it. They're just like, okay, not for me, you know? Yeah. Um, so it kind of just got off on a tangent, but, um, so yeah, Meg's a pretty serious CrossFitter. She's a beast. Super nice. Um, anything else kind of about your general background or, or is that most of it? Um, I would say that's most of it sweet yeah um so so you whether it's as a student or as an ex-volleyball player or as a crossfitter what are kind of some of your main governing beliefs perspectives however you want to phrase that that help you guide uh help guide you in your life or also as a future sports psychologist okay so goodness i don't even know where to start that's it's I know tough I one. like I read that question at first and I was like oh gosh there's so much like because it kind of depends on what exactly you say or like what exactly you ask me about what I believe however kind of what I alluded to earlier wherever the Lord is calling me that's where I'm gonna go so my beliefs and my main how I live my life is based on Jesus and from that I can get Romans 12, one to two, which is one sacred, like use your body as a sacrifice. So therefore that's CrossFit for me. And the second part of that verse is conform to the will of God instead of conforming to the world. And I have a tattoo on my ankle that says metanoia, uh, which is Greek for repentance. So submitting to his will and people are always just like repentance, like do you sin a lot? I'm like, well, we sin every day. However, the fact of the matter is knowing that he has a purpose for my life. And if I follow that purpose, 
And it's kind of like, if you're not a believer and you're listening to this, you can call it the universe or you can call it yourself or just kind of something, a higher power that's guiding you. There's a purpose for your life in general. And you have to follow that light and that purpose and your path and you have to own it. So for me, it's working hard. I've always loved working hard. Anything I do, I do it with intention and purpose or I don't do it at all. So I would say coming from like my Christian beliefs is that is that like you work hard and you love it like love what you do and do what you love and work at it and you're gonna get better and just like also the concept of kaizen which is japanese for consistent or constant improvement and i read that in the book called grit by angela duckworth um who's also a sports psych and she does research with so many different populations but i remember reading that and i was like that's like that's my word um how do you spell that? K-A-I-Z-E-N. Oh, I almost had it. I had an S instead of a Z. Mm-hmm. But sorry. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And like, I'm in my room right now and just kind of looking at my whole room. It's everything in my room has a little purpose or a memory attached to it. So I have sticky notes from my mom everywhere that says either like verses or it says, let your light shine. Um or cute little quotes or just saying like, hi, I love you. Like have a great day. Love mom. So of course, family is huge to me as well. Um, but that also goes like some of my friends are my family, you know? Um, but yeah, so I'd say like with the passion and purpose intention and like working hard, like being happy and humble and hungry, kind of like shorten it up. Um, and always being positive and happy is super important to me. Um, some people say like, I have a rose colored lens on my face and I would rather be that way than be negative though. So, yeah, you are the, every time I see you in the hallway or the seven times I've seen you at, at Kroger, <laughs> I just like see you and I just like, can't not smile. So yeah, super grateful smiling. for that. Yeah. Super grateful for that. But, um, not to, not to make this, you know, kind of like religious or, or not religious, but um, because mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what everyone else, however, everyone else feels about that, but exactly, um, yeah. In, in TSP 10, so the last episode, I talked about this analogy that I learned from a, a pretty successful tennis coach. And the bottom of the pyramid is large, is bigger purpose, you know. And if you want to mm-hmm. attribute that to faith and religion, if you want to attribute that to your family, or you know, the example he gave me was one of his international players. Her larger purpose is the the small tennis club that she grew up in that has to compete with these mega, you know, national clubs in her country that, you know, there's all these little girls that when she goes home, think that she's like Serena Williams, you know, because she's playing in America. Mm-hmm. And, you That's know, when those cool. days get hard, yeah, when, when those days get hard, she just thinks about, you know, that club. And if, if you don't, and it's the bottom of the pyramid for a reason, because it's going to set you up for literally everything else, you know? Exactly. So, so whatever people want to call it on their own or not that it has to be some kind of, um, metaphorical or, uh, trans theoretic or whatever word, you know, it can be something more concrete. So, mm-hmm. but that just comes with asking yourself hard questions, you know, like what exactly. does really matter to me? But yeah. And like digging um, deep and yeah. And and it's kind of a tough subject, I guess. It's not your everyday subject. But, mm-hmm. you know, this tennis coach, he uses it as 
as as they first get the, or he uses it as recruiting you know like this is important to us if you come here or you know with the freshman i want you to use the summer to think about this question you know and, and i want to know where you're coming from so i can help you out you know and and think that's about cool. how much farther that's going to go than the perfect training program you know that's awesome i that, yeah i love hearing that that it came from a coach yeah that was like the coolest thing ever because I mean, we get so caught up in, in quote unquote, like the things that are sexy on social media, like the cool drills and the put bands on this, you know, and whatnot. Ugh, We're like, you're going to yeah. get your biggest results <laughs> by understanding your athlete and showing them that you care and like where they come from and also knowing where you come from. So, yes, um, I completely agree. Yeah. And then, uh, not to, not to backtrack, but I just remember this. I'm, I'm taking notes as we speak, but, uh, how your experience as an athlete made you want to be a sports site. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of athletes that want to stay in the sports performance field, that's basically kind of their story. Um, like myself, I was never the most talented kid. I just worked really hard, kind of like yourself. You know, I was mm -hmm. a, a left-hander throwing 70 poo. That's what people called it. Like mid to high seventies where, mm -hmm. I don't know, most college players, they're like mid eights, low mid eights, you know, in D2 yeah. and then D1 is like 90s. But I just worked really hard. And like, if I didn't have the weight room, I definitely would not have been as, as successful as as I was. So, um, but I'm sure like, it definitely took some reflection for you to come to that realization, correct? Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, just like asking questions like, what do I like? What do I not like, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like people definitely do it to themselves when it's like, I don't know what I want to do and like all this stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. did you, did you just ask yourself what you like and don't like, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you've got so many experiences, you know? Yeah. literally. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the point of this podcast is like, how do your experiences shape you? And then I'll try to tie it into like sports performance and professional development, but also like life, you know, think about mm -hmm. how much of, of life is not at your job, you, you know, or the people you get to interact yeah. with, the people you get to interact with through your job, you're gonna have an impact with them beyond training and beyond kind of the games. Um, That's very true. So not to get mm -hmm. too deep, but kind of trying to, you know, as we talk, sum it up, talk, sum it up, I guess. Um, do you have anything else kind of on, on that point? Mm, yes and no. Some people go i i feel as if some people go through life and kind of just go through the motions and this is a, i don't know it kind of depends on who you follow on social media and like who you allow to speak over your life and who you listen to so every day i always see posts about being intentional and being purposeful and so all around me i see people saying like wake up like open your eyes kind of like this is your only life you get to live which is really cool um, on the other hand, I always see people just going through the motions or caring about the wrong things. And as far as like careers and sports development go, it's funny because you said that. And I was like, yeah, so, so many athletes that I know, whatever they experienced in their sports career, it kind of has led them to what they want to do in their real career or if it is still a sports career, you know? Um, but it's kind of, it's asking yourself what brings me life and what brings me meaning. And it's 
it's sad to see when people look for meaningless things or care about meaningless things instead. Because waking up with a purpose and a goal is so, so much more fun. Like, that's why it's always, I always smile because, like, why not, you know? But yeah. so that's, that's what I got to say. Yeah. And like, and I, I'm super fortunate because, well, it actually started when I hurt my elbow my freshman year of high school. And I thought I wanted to be a PT and then a, a physical therapist. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, kind of boring. Sports you know, athletic training. And then it's like rehab's kind of boring. Oh, strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And then now I found, you know, data and sports science. But so I've always known the field of what I want to do. But like yeah. I had, I had friends in undergrad changed their major, no joke, seven times, you know? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that might be annoying, but you're, you're setting yourself up literally for the next 60 years plus, you know? Yeah. That's where it's true. like, where it's like, I would have taken seven major changes to get to this point. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super grateful that I didn't have to do that. But, um, it's, it's this idea of like, I don't know, instant gratification nowadays, whether it's with phones or whatnot, but like, or, you know, kind of like that little meme I talked about, like not being instantly good at something where like this stuff takes time. Like think about, you know, people that, Switch careers, not even majors. You know, they're already yeah, in that work field. Careers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of. I just posted on Instagram yesterday. It's a, I forget who posted it, but it was this whole wall of bricks, and then it was like a little stick figure putting another brick down, and it said, "My superpower is doing the little things every day," and it was like a huge wall, Whoa. of course. So like, it just looks like it's one big wall, and I was like, "Oh my goodness." It's so true. And you hear it all the time, kind of do the little things and work hard every day. And and yes, that's that's what we do. However, seeing it in that perspective was super, super cool. Just like, okay, focus on laying this brick and focus on laying that brick. Like just day after day, knowing that you're doing a baby step is super important. So kind of oh, like if you do oh, yeah. need to change your career, like you can get there through the baby steps. So looking at like the short term picture and then looking having the larger picture motivate you is super important. Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of different ways to kind of rephrase that, but like, that was just, it's visual. And like, that makes sense to people. Like, like imagine yeah. putting a brick down, like every day, you know, like I'm trying to get on a better sleep schedule, like go to bed at 10 ish, wake up at six ish. And like, I literally just mm-hmm. have a tally board on my whiteboard in my room. Or like, you know, a tally count, whatever. That's what I need to do. <laughs> and like, it's, and it, it's motivating because I don't want to erase it and restart. You know, like how many days I do it in a row. And then yeah. you like, holy crap, I just did it five times. Holy crap, I just did it 10 times, you know? Or just yeah, like super cool. the one, the 1% rule or the point, like literally, even if it was 0.1% better every day, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's uh like 3% a month. And yeah. then, you know. Like that just goes such a long way where I don't know. I blame the microwave. The microwave started instant gratification. If you think about it, I, I can, I can get down with that. Yeah. Just the microwave came out, boom, pop your food in there. One minute later, it's good to go. (laughs) I forgot where I heard. Yeah. I forgot where I heard that, but I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, That is very funny. uh, Dang microwave. But uh, um, so, 
so kind of moving on if if that's kind of your main talking points um mm-hmm. how can your experiences so we've kind of touched on you know your variety of experiences help my listeners grow as coaches people in the sports performance field or just like you know kind of business professionally if that makes sense yeah so as someone who is not a coach so i'm the athlete or someone who gets ministered to it's super important to let your athletes or your coworkers or people under you know that you care because if you don't care about them in the first place they shouldn't be there um and it's harder if you are a strength and conditioning coach or if you're a coach in general and you don't always get to pick who is on your team or who's under you but it's kind of you've picked your career and you've picked your job and you're passionate about it you better be passionate about the ones who are there and that gets a little bit messier when it's kind of like the athletes aren't as passionate or like someone's doing something stupid. Besides that fact, if if they know that you care, they're going to care more and they're going to be more receptive and open to listening. And that's kind of the whole point of life and why people have jobs, especially as coaches, is to help people grow and get better. Um, and they're not going to get better unless they are nurtured properly. And that's also like a sports site thing, also a complete like child development thing, like kids or people in general need to be cared for and loved, um, whether it's tough love or it's literal just like affirmation. And then comes the sandwich theory and all that. Care is like super, super important. Um, And of course, with the right amount of pushing them like past their limits. But as an athlete, like I've had coaches who have shaped my whole life and I still talk to you today and I've also had coaches. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Our call got dropped, but I'm just going to put these two audio files together. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, where Meg and I were at, uh, I asked her how her experiences can help y'all, my listeners grow. And she was talking about uh, letting as a practitioner, basically you just using that term, letting your athletes know mm-hmm. that you care. So, uh, Take it away. Okay. So hopefully I'm not repeating myself because I went on like a super tangent and then I realized that you weren't talking. And I was like, oh man, something's wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That was wild. I don't know why that happened, but regardless. So letting the, your clients know that you care is super, super important because as human beings, we need to be cared for and in order to grow, that's what needs to happen. Um, we need to be nurtured in the proper way. And everyone is different. So it's also caring can look different for one athlete or one person versus another. Um, that's why it's important to get to know every single different individual. Um, and taking that time, I don't know if it, if this was said before, but everyone has so much going on in their lives. If you take like even a minute to talk to someone throughout the session that you have them in and saying like, Hey, like, what's up? Kind of like, tell me a little bit about what's going on or tell me three good things. Tell me what you want to work on. Like that will help have an impact like greater beyond what I could explain. Um, and for your own personal development, what we were talking about before with the little superpower of building that brick every day or like laying that brick every day. Um, it's, crucial to be super super uh i don't know i'm trying to think of the word um 
I'm not even focused. Well, yes, obviously focused. Just consistent. But so yeah, consistent. But like, oh, what's the word? It's such it's such a layperson's term. Like kaizen. <laughs> but it's like so you need to be careful of who you're following or who is talking to oh. you and who your who's in your circle. Like you need to be so gotcha. decisive almost and like super super careful and aware of who you're listening to because that voice is gonna start like penetrating into your own head and like listening to your own voice and kind of saying like, how do I talk to myself in certain situations? Can it be better? Like, should it be better? And, or like, is there a really negative thought that I need to just kick to the curb? And that takes so long to overcome bad thoughts with good thoughts, but it starts with external. Um, and so if you don't have good friends, change them. If your coworkers are not being the best coworkers and they're not doing the right things in their practice either call them out on it or focus on you and like don't even listen to them so always doing what's right and working hard and owning your path and knowing that like every day if you're doing the best you can you're gonna get better at what you do and you're gonna make others better is super super important because we're all in this life to not only get better but make each other better so it's kind of finding that balance of saying okay i need to focus on this but i can pour out into others in this way um and there's something in front of me right now that this it's a new quote that i found and it says the fire inside me is burning brighter than the the than the flames around me and so it's kind of it's being aware of what's around you and whether you have like so many things to battle knowing that what's inside of you is so much stronger is so 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 cool to look at and once you find that it's awesome um and waking up every day with that passion and that purpose and saying like i'm gonna do a b and c or i'm gonna relax today and maybe not even think about anything and just kind of like take the day to chill and let loose as we were talking about before like if we're so wound up all the time we're gonna explode at some point um but yeah so i think that's where i was going with kind of like the baseline of it's it sounds silly, but it's you got to care for other people. You got to care for yourself, and making sure you're good is the is the first priority. Because so many times I've seen even coaches and adults, as I'm a young adult, I'm only 20 years old, um, seeing other coaches either be not the best. It's because there's something wrong inside of them that they haven't fixed yet, which is super sad. Because then you're affecting so many other people with your negativity. Oh, for sure, and like. What what people don't understand is if you want to show off and be all sciencey and smart, like you need clients to want to be with you first. You know, as mm -hmm. simple yeah. as that sounds. Um, it's I mean, like the more I get into this, I mean, I'm you know young as well. I'm only 23, but I like to think that I consume a lot of content and I think a lot. Everything is kind of backwards or more simple than we make it out to be. You know. Yeah. Where it's mm -hmm. like, start with you first, start with your athlete first, you know? Like you said, yeah. you know, start with the external, but the external is all in your control. Like what environment you kind of put yourself in. And exactly. And whether this and like whether this be working out and like taking that off day or whatever, or like cutting some volume, like, yeah, you have to crush it every day. But if a rest day, if you have to crush your rest day, whether it's like training or mentally, like that's going to do so much more for you um, in the long run. 
I forgot uh there no Daniel DiPiazzi for those of you who are familiar with that uh, he wrote Rich Twenty Something um and and he and it's crazy like of all of his content this is the one I remember the most it was you can watch a whole Netflix series this weekend and still be successful you know mm-hmm. yeah and as weird as that sounds like with social media and grind 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 and and all this stuff like all right. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Third time's the charm. Back at it so again. I was, so I was getting off on a little tangent about, you know, you can watch Netflix all weekend and still be successful. Like there's so much of this grind and external influence of like, if you don't do anything noteworthy on social media, then like, then like you're not successful where, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit previously on, on my podcast. I'm not a fan of social media because it's literally a highlight reel of picking and choosing what they want to post and show the world, you know? So mm-hmm. like, so like, yes, you have to be consistent 1%, but by taking that one off day here and there, or just going and doing a little hobby or whatever is going to make that future 1% days turn into one and a half percent days, you know? And yeah. like, and like, yes, time is working against you, but it's, but it doesn't mean you're in a rush necessarily. So kind of just putting things in perspective, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that was a, a pretty thorough answer for that question. Um, mm-hmm. So last kind of big question uh, before it disconnects us again. Um, I know. So if you had a per, so uh, I don't know how you prepared this question, but if you had a perfect world, let's say for a sports psychologist, um, I know you haven't had too much like specific experience yeah. in that field, <laughs> but what you know now, if you had a perfect world as a sports psychologist, what would that be? Um, that we would be not the, so Uh-oh. not that we're what? not respected. Huh? Uh, it kind of just got Can you hear me? a little sta- staticky. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Now. Oh, okay, good. I was like, please not again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not that we're not respected. However, the stigma of needing one is still kind of bad, and it's a new field. But it's so many professional athletes, and even athletes who are younger, because that's a whole other tangent of like people putting kids in competition way too early. But regardless, like anywhere from kids to professional athletes who this is their career. It's literally a consultant for sports and for even performers. So musicians and actors also should be going to someone about performing because it's so much pressure. And if you don't talk about it and if you don't have a set plan, it's kind of, again, it's all mental. And so many people don't know what to do with their brain because we don't really know much about it. However, with that being said, I would want to change that stigma. Um, I would also kind of, it's interesting because there are so many private practices out there and obviously you need your PhD uh, in order to do that, which would be a future goal of mine. Um, but for it to be almost like a an addition to a sports medicine team. So today I went to Dynamic Sports Medicine in Dallas amazing so if anybody's ever in dallas please go to them if you're ever feeling pain but if i could work for a company like that and 
be like, okay, you're going through an injury. Do you want to talk to a sports psych about it? Because in the sports psych world, we deal with injuries as we deal with grief, like the five stages of grief or losing someone. That's the same thing for an injury because you're losing something like you're currently losing a either it's a body part or like something of the sort you're injured and it's gonna suck like it's there's nothing happy about an injury you know so saying like it's okay to be mad it's okay to be frustrated it's okay to have all these feelings i don't know why the world hates feelings but it's that that's all we ever do <laughs> we feel and we react and we act and it's a whole other situation um yeah honestly i wish i say like this is one of my huge passions and it's hard because like i don't know exactly where i'm gonna be um so yeah i would say like just mainly changing that stigma and having us be more utilized i guess or like even if there's one on every college campus um so either the theater kids or like the top football players can come to us so yeah i think just being more utilized yeah i uh, I, I totally agree a uh, little teaser, I'm going to make a future podcast about where I think strength and conditioning is going or sports performance, but there's definitely been kind of a recent shift over time from meathead, like no sleep, no days off, to kind of starting to embrace the finer things like nutri nutrition, recovery, sleep. And now, you know, I would put sports psych in one of those things that like is now becoming mm -hmm. kind of more accepted, if that makes sense. Yeah, and for I've, sure. I've read a few articles about MLB players where they openly talk about, like, this saved my career, you know? Oh, yeah, especially baseball players. So, Y'all crazy. So the sports <laughs> like is, is, is it, they're, they're on the up for sure. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, yeah, so I think just, like, making that okay or not, yeah. like, encourage it. Like, it, it's a part of the – if, if – People it's another part were of training. to give it, yeah, the the credit that it's it's due, I guess. Like we we the first part of this was all about performance psycho or uh, performance anxiety, you know. Mm -hmm. How exactly. every athlete should you know have something to kind of overcome when they perform. Mm -hmm. So just like giving it its value and credit, it kind of deserves. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Was that was that kind of your main point? Don't want to cut you off. Yeah. I would say so just because, well, it's also hard to talk about sports like as a career because like right now my career, I want to be CrossFit. So like I'm more focused on that rather than this sounds bad, but rather than schooling, like I'm in school because huh. I know I need my degree to like in the future further it. And I want to get my master's right after my undergrad. But my main focus is definitely CrossFit. Gotcha. Well, I, I think it was a good mm -hmm. answer that, that definitely has a lot of value. So um, kind of go into our speed, speed three questions. <laughs> so what book what book you got on your nightstand if, if you're a reader yes so okay well my nightstand trying to make it a speaker so i have a picture of i'll just like explain it like real briefly i have a picture of my mom and me at, when i was a baby and she's holding me um that's because my mom is like one of the most important people to me um but i have very meaningful things on my nightstand and i have like my bible i have two devotionals that my mom gave me and then I just bought a new one called Unshakable by Christine Kane. So all of for anyone who is interested in religion or interested in Jesus, like please go buy this because it's a brief little devotional to start or end your day, which is super cool. However, on 
like the opposite side of the room. If, if I look at it, it's my bookshelf. And whatever book is on top is the one that I'm reading. And right gotcha. now I'm reading Daughter, which is Catherine David's daughter book, who Ooh. is a two-time CrossFit Games champ who I love. And like seeing her compete is what lit my fire to want to compete in CrossFit. Because I saw myself and I was like, I can do that. So everyone go buy that book too. <laughs> That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um. So, best purchase this last year under fifty bucks. Oh man, it's okay. a tough one. One I buy. It, it's such a tough one because I buy so much stuff on Amazon. Like, ooh yeah. Not even that it's unhealthy, but my roommates are like Megan. What are what 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 do you need? Like, what are you buying on Amazon? So <laughs> let's see. Well, honestly, actually, I would say my book that I just read before this one um it's called the talent code by daniel Cole, oh yeah i believe or yeah. coil coil yeah see um, wiley coil yeah 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 i would definitely say that one um that's beyond a doubt like best purchase under 50 dollars. i love reading nice. about this either sports performance or sports like so but that one is like pinnacle like everyone needs to read that yeah the uh the coach your best podcast um if you're familiar jeremy boone he interviewed the author mm -hmm. about his book and basically he just asked himself like what is that thing or oh no sorry he also wrote the culture code right yeah so he was interviewing him about the culture code um cool. but to get off on a little tangent he basically asked himself like what is that thing that puts these teams apart you know because, like, people say culture, but no one really knows what that means. So he went to Disney. He went to the Marines. He went to the Spurs, you know, and basically just, yeah. like, tr tried to literally answer that question. And, like, his findings were super interesting. So awesome author. I can vouch for culture code. You can vouch for – you just vouched for talent code. So I think that's mm -hmm. definitely another good resource. So um, where can the listeners find you if, if they want to get more of you and your CrossFit and your smiles and everything? <laughs> definitely instagram is where i'm most where i post the most on social media so at meg conger um or if you just search megan conger that's that's where you'll find me you can also find me on facebook i'm public um many people would say that's bad however it's kind of like you're gonna find me anyways might as well <laughs> my life <laughs> i have nothing to hide <laughs> that's funny. but yeah definitely instagram yeah so uh, we overcame our technical difficulties and this was an awesome chat. Yes. Literally overcoming adversity, even in the smallest things. Hey, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad we were able to overcome. So I enjoyed, this, I enjoyed this a lot. I hope, I hope you, the listener gets, get something out of this and, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And that does it for this episode of the Talking Shop Podcast. Thank you very much for giving me your time. I really do appreciate it. I hope this episode did a good job of making you stop and think and evaluate about the topics discussed. I'd love to hear what you thought, so please feel free to give me a comment, rating, review, like on whatever platform you're listening on. Let me know what you want to hear next. Hit me up on social media at Coach Big Toe. That's at Coach B-I-G. T-O-E on Insta and Twitter. Remember, we can all get better together.